0: You're listening to the best of Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
1: Matt Ryan to throw, Enzo fires,
2: and it's Jawani Woods for a touchdown. Townsend, the punter, to be the holder. Snap. It's a fake. Townsend is going to throw intended receiver it is second and ten in the 12 yard line colts down by four
0: ryan backs the pass looking looking fires upfield into the end zone it's caught Jelani woods touchdown high in the
2: wide two touchdowns today for the rookie
3: waiting on the snap takes it looking left he's gonna fire upfield broken up tip Picked and off. intercepted by the Colts intercepted by the Colts it's Rodney McClellan. There's no doubt. Our backs were against the wall, and we responded, and I think that's a testament to our players. I want you to put the word out there that we back up. Understand me? We back up. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my What's up
0: with the Making the rain down like Kevin, do you drive capital on your way down? St- or do you, are you a Meridian guy now? I am splitting the city, baby. Meridian. Because when I drove down capital, you know, there's like some, I don't, I thought for a long time it was construction of new buildings taking place for IU Health, but uh, then I realized this morning things were narrowed and and there was all kinds of stuff on the side of the road because of the parade, right? (laughs) The parade that we planned that's being done around town because the Colts picked up their first win of the year, but that was a big one.
1: That was huge, huge. You know, Jake, I feel like every Monday during the NFL season you're in this weird dichotomy, if you will, of – Performance versus result. And flat out, the Colts just needed a result. They needed a win. Desperately, so badly, you heard Frank Reich's words. In Frank Reich lingo, that is, we felt it all week long. I mentioned it during the week. I felt like his Wednesday press conference was uh, one of the more animated you will see Frank Reich. And if you want to see his emotion on full display, just dial up the post-game locker room celebration from yesterday. That told everything to me. Uh, There are obviously reasons why the Colts won that game. We'll get into those. But at some point this season, Jake, the Colts have got to find a way to make up for the first two weeks. And yesterday was one. Well, and the other thing, too, that they did, and look, we'll get plenty into, uh,
0: you know, how it came to be that they defeated Kansas City. Although, again, it's always interesting to me, Kevin, and I'm not saying that there were not huge areas of concern for the first couple of weeks for the Colts, but as the year goes on and things in the, in the water settle a little bit you know two things number one it is possible as we talked about for two weeks that that they were never as bad as what we thought in those first two weeks and that things you know that their roster is pretty decent but the other thing too is you know is
1: it possible that say jacksonville is actually pretty good and that that wasn't as egregious as we think yeah i uh, did not Watch that one was justin herbert really limited well i don't know about that as much as because that's why i picked jacksonville to cover that was part of the reason why i'm like i assume herbert is not going to play or he's going to be really limited and then i look at that score and i'm like even if he was limited i guess that's still impressive by what jacksonville did yeah how about the afc south jake i've called it the laughing stock of the afc i've called it the true tv division uh they go three and oh against afc west yesterday that is amazing, isn't it? Just like we all predicted. That's right. What would that a parlay got you? By the way, Jake, credit to you on the Colts prediction. I just felt like Kevin. You went with the NFL never fails, right? Yeah, I I think it was a couple
0: of things. I listen, I don't predict games or predict is the wrong word. You know, make our when we do our predictions, I very rarely do them like by analyzing schematics and numbers, and that's probably a far more effective way. But sometimes you can just kind of look at something and go, you know what? I, I've seen so many times. I mean, the, the a home opener—you knew it was going to be a great day in terms of the weather and the you know the atmosphere was going to be good. I I don't think the Colts were as bad as oh one and one looked. And this is what the Colts do and what they've done, right? You know, you write you, you them off and then they go into San Francisco and they win. You write them off, they go into Buffalo and they win. You you write you them off, Kansas City comes in and they knock them off. Hell, hell I've, I've seen Joe Montana get beat, I think, at, at the Dome back in the day. I saw Dan Marino get beat when he never should have. But now what they have to do is build on that and not – give another game away so they've made up for you didn't think maybe they'd get kansas city so they just made up for losing in jacksonville right to an extent so now what you have to do is hold serve you know you 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 turn around and you lose to tennessee or somebody like that and you're right back to square one
1: right yeah i mean tennessee's a bigger game than kansas city right frankly when you talk about and you
0: could make the argument the colts needed that game yesterday more than kansas city did even though it's only the first quarter of the season
1: you know i um I could give game balls in a couple of areas. Um, I think you start off and give it to the defense. Credit, excuse me, to Gus Bradley for they made some personnel changes. They benched Nick Cross. They started Rodney McLeod. When Julian Blackman went down early in that game, I'm thinking this is a recipe for disaster. You're losing one of your more trustworthy players. You're losing your deep field guy against Patrick Mahomes. And all of a sudden, I'm looking down on the field, and they turn to a seventh-round pick in Rodney Thomas II. Never played a defensive snap in the NFL. They don't go to Nick Cross. They go to their seventh-round pick from Yale, and he stepped up. He delivered. Uh, we talked on Friday. Isaiah Rodgers needs to be on the field. Isaiah Rodgers finally played. Um, I thought that was a big factor. Obviously, the highlight you just heard there of Stephon Gilmore with the tip and Rodney McLeod to ice the game. Um, So I think you certainly hand a game ball to the defense. Um, the other two game balls that I would probably give out, Jake, one to Jim Mersey for pressing the button and getting that window open, getting that roof open. Uh, and in all seriousness, and I know this might sound like a joke, Chris Jones deserves a game ball. Totally. Chris I Jones that, should go in the Colts' ring of honor that, for I mean his that, performance that yesterday.
0: absolutely – you know, it's funny. I was sitting with JMV for the game – now, why don't you sit down in our row? I noticed that you sit back in the writers' row, right?
1: Oh, I feel like I've always been up there. I've always sat next to Chap.
0: Do you Do you have an assigned seat, or is that just a, a seat that you've sat in so many times that
1: it's your no, seat? No, it's it's a sign. Kevin Bowen, 107.5 the fan, right next to Mike Chapel and I'm next to the uh, like the wireless connector people, like the people that are in charge of like all the headsets, I think. Chap is always funny
0: to sit next to at Colts games. We're talking about the press box seating charts, by the way. Chap is always funny to sit next to at the Colts games. I don't know if he still does this, but he used to. He would name, probably not so now because we're seven stories up. He would name every defensive player when they make a tackle.
1: <laughs> he, well, thankfully, he does not Buckner, do that. I, I, I like Chap because he's pretty quiet during the that's game. That's right. He is. You've got plenty of room to kind of lounge around down there, don't you? Yeah, there was some open
0: space yesterday for certain. Um, You know, it's interesting, Kevin, I thought about the fact that, like, I remember, you know, as I was sitting on on the press row yesterday, I was sitting next to, there were some TV folks down to my right, and I could hear them discussing, like, well, I'll do this for a sidebar story, and da-da-da, and I, I mean no disrespect to the folks working in TV now, but, you know, I remember when I worked in TV, and I mean, each station, we'd have three or four people down there doing different things, and everybody was doing a 40-minute Sunday night show and one-on-one interviews and everything. And I mean, just the the man and woman power that was used to cover an NFL game was far more bolstered seemingly than it is now. So there is a little bit more room. Um, but anyway, JMV and I were, were sitting there watching the game, and that, that was the play of the game. I mean, the, the Chris Jones That It was Matt foul. Ryan's best play up to that point. Yeah, I mean, we're like, well, that game's over. If that foul doesn't happen, that I game's over. Don't think the Colts get the ball back. And I, th- I saw Five minutes Jones to go on the clock when it happened. I saw Chris Jones in the interview, f- the Kansas City media, and I don't know that anybody asked him what he said. Everybody was, you know, just like, well, do you, did you agree with the foul? Did you agree with the the flag? And no one said like, well, what did you say?
1: Yeah, the Colts. I saw that they, they did ask him directly, and he would not say what he said. Um, <clears throat> the head official said abusive language. Um. It had to be, and I guess I'm projecting a little bit. It had to be some sort sort of slur. Slur, yeah. Um, if you look, if you watch Chris Jones post game, he's not that mad. I mean, he's mad, but he's not like if you felt like you truly deserve not to be Fair. flagged for yeah. a game changing penalty, you are irate. Andy Reid is, which would be a sight to see. Andy Reid would be chasing after the official, Sean Smith, running off the field at the end of that game. It's not that. Um, Sean Smith called it, and he, that's a head official, he called it abusive language after the game. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that play, certainly. But, you know, Jake, I like bad football teams, truly bad football teams, get the amount of gifts the Colts got handed yesterday, and they don't win that game. If you're really bad, right. you still find a way to lose that game. And, again, credit to Gus Bradley's defense because I was just waiting for them to wilt. I was just waiting for them to break. You felt like they were hanging on for dear life. They were playing so well. At some point, you felt like Kansas City was going to look like Kansas City. And really the first drive of the second half, Kansas City gets a first and goal to three. I'm thinking, okay, here comes a touchdown. At that point, it's going to be 21-10. And with what we've seen from this Colts offense and an offensive line that has major questions right now, that's going to be enough. That's going to be the breaking point. But the deficit never got to two scores. And that is a major credit to the defense. I thought coming into the game, we talked about the blueprint last week. I was more confident in Jonathan Taylor than the pass rush. It was probably the flip of that. You know, Taylor had a just kind of a ho-hum day for him. 71 yards, but only 3.4 per carry. I thought your D-line just really did a nice job of rushing Mahomes. They won't wow you with the sack numbers or the hit numbers, but I thought they did a nice job of forcing Mahomes to move. Mahomes moves so well, but a lot of the times he wants to move. He knows if he moves to his right, to his left, if he steps up, rolls out, whatever, he's going to find something. I thought the Colts did a really nice job, unlike last week with Trevor Lawrence, of forcing Mahomes to move and not allowing him to dictate when he moves,
0: by the way, that's the voice of Kevin Bowen. My name is Jake Quarry. This is uh, Kevin Aquary here on 93.5 5, The fan Mark Dykton, who is running the big board for us, has been here since 2.30 in the morning putting together Colts audio. Is that right? That's not too far off. That was a great open mark. Thank you. You, you, you started on that about 315, right? Yeah, roughly.
4: <laughs> Did you bring cereal this morning? I brought, a, I brought a granola bar. Ate that. And congrats to your bears. The only thank you defeat of an AFC South team
1: yesterday courtesy of your
4: Bears uh, the running game was strong so that was good still a little concerned about Justin Fields but that was uh, a win is a win uh
1: guys I'm dead serious about the roof and the window being open it's great I I went to the game yesterday and walked around
0: um Palmer Eicher do you guys have him on the bingo card of my buddies Palmer was my neighbor and that's a very millennial name Steinmeier growing up great named after Arnold um I don't, you know, that's funny. Now that you mention it, we drank a lot of lemonade and tea when we were kids. Uh, he lived next door to me and moved away like in eighth grade. And so he was at the games like, hey, you know, come down and say hi. So I met up with them, but walking around the stadium itself and hello to Josh, who said he listens every morning while walking his dog. What's up, Josh? He's the pride of Lutheran High School. They um, got a good football team. But. Walking around, it's just a great atmosphere when the roof is open and the windows open. It's just, it was a great fall day. There was Um, a
1: lot of red, but I don't feel like I felt
0: their loudness. Yeah, they were primarily up in the upper decks for sure. Um, I would agree with that. It didn't feel, you know, usually when when there's, as I call it, like the Steph Curry effect, or typically in the NBA, you see it. I mean, LeBron, certainly Jordan, Kobe. When those players are in, there's like this aura, this energy in the building. And Patrick Mahomes is that kind of a player, but I didn't really feel that yesterday. It didn't. F- you didn't feel that buzz of like when they scored and you knew that that they'd scored. Uh, it was it was a good
1: day. Now, weekend overall good. Yeah, I was. Gosh, I was thrilled by Notre Dame's performance. How about that, man? Um, and I was really hoping you guys would just your game would end. Just end Clemson Wake Forest. <laughs> College football games take so long. Granted, win it well, overtime. Double, double overtime. Yeah. Double OT. Um, but Clemson eked one out, and then, yeah, I didn't know Notre Dame could score like that. Granted, North Carolina can't stop anyone. Um, Outside of that, went to Fat Dan's in the Broad Ripple area. Always loved that spot. Um, Yeah, pretty good, like, crisp fall weather, I felt like. How about – I believe
0: ESPN does a segment called Bad Beats. Did you see the bad
1: beat in the Indiana game? Did I see it? I felt it in the pocket.
0: So, Indiana is – down 14 there are six they, they got 16 and a half at cincinnati they're down 14 inside of a minute they have like a fourth and 10 on what like their own four yard line and they go for it well i thought the fair catch was more the egregious one well but 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 hear this out though so on the fourth and 10 they seemingly get sacked in the end zone for a safety
1: which, which, which would make that.
0: it a 16-point yeah. game, and then they would kick off. Presumably Cincinnati would get it, take a knee, end of game. Sure. Instead of a safety, they call it a turnover on downs at the half-yard line. So Cincinnati gets the ball literally two feet from the end zone.
1: And it took them a few plays to get it in the end zone, Cincinnati. With like a minute left.
0: I mean, they okay, they do a quarterback sneak and now they go from 14 to up 20, and they swing the point line. Yeah, That
1: was really disappointing. You take the
0: safety. If it's a safety right there, it does not affect the line. That
1: was a bad beat. And that They're, was
0: a bad performance by Indiana.
1: Down 38-10. Very disappointing. Yeah, we were at Fat Dance watching Notre Dame, and Indiana was obviously on as well, and I just kept looking up being like, oh, my God, 38-10 to at half? Wasn't that a half? It was a 38-10 at half. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, And then Purdue, boy, that two-point conversion attempt by Florida-Atlantic was one of the worst two-point conversion attempts I've ever seen. Um, But I guess without your starting quarterback, it's just survival mode. I thought Austin Burton had some moments for Purdue, and that sets up a massive one for the Boilers this Saturday. They are at Minnesota, Indiana, at Nebraska. Pacers media day today, Jake. Uh, Tomorrow, the start of training camp for the Pacers. So a little bit more Pacers conversation to get into as – uh, the month of September ends and October begins. We'll take your calls, obviously, throughout the show, 317-239-1070. We're going to start a new segment on the show. Mark, I don't know if we have a title for it, but you tweeted out last night asking fans for their reactions to the game in five words or less. Mm-hmm. Scrolling oh. through those, I really enjoyed those.
4: Yeah. Yeah, there's. I'll, I'll try to read, read the ones that are on air uh, appropriate. <laughs> we'll it's do a, our best. It's a good uh-huh. pulse. Yeah, some
1: Chris Jones comments probably in some of those. Yeah, some of those tweets there. Maybe well, some pulse of the
4: fans. Maybe we can workshop that title or something like that. Or oh, I like that. Uh,
1: one thing I want to note is that final drive yesterday. I think something we talked about when the trade for Matt Ryan was made, and I don't know if there's any way to say this, Jake, without it coming off as a shot at Carson Wentz. But I felt like with Ryan's resume, with how he exited Atlanta, when Colts players, offensively certainly, look at Matt Ryan in the huddle with the game on the line like that, there is just a level of confidence, level of belief that they didn't truly feel last year with the quarterback in the huddle. And as much as... Struggle you had offensively, and Matt Ryan by no means was perfect through the first three three quarters of that game, three and a half quarters, the offensive line issues. You still got there late in the game, and yes, of course, Chris Jones helped you out big time, but Matt Ryan is 8 of 10 on that final drive with Michael Pittman double-teamed. You can clearly see it on the Jelani Woods touchdown. He gave his rookies two opportunities in Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods, and you guys know full well I've been the first one critical of the pass catchers. If somehow yesterday is the start of Jelani Woods and Alec Pierce being consistent, productive, not flinching in those moment-type players, that can really change the outlook, I think, on this season. Um, So I, I think what you saw yesterday is really a drive the Colts have not orchestrated in quite some time of late game, belief in your quarterback, and then two young guys delivering for you. Just their first NFL catches, period. But then, a minute ago, Pierce has the, whatever it was, 12, 14-yard gain. And then Jelani Woods, you know, in traffic. That was a tough catch for Woods and obviously the game-winner for him.
0: Uh, did you see Carson Wentz was sacked nine times yesterday? Nine times.
1: I think the Eagles took some joy in that one. How about this? Uh, I started Justin Fields in fantasy because Justin Herbert was hurt. Oh. Uh, at least I thought he was. Uh, and luckily, I was playing Carson Wentz.
0: <laughs> Justin Fields yesterday, 8 to 17 for 106 and two picks. Not great. Now, Kevin, I say this because it's the AFC South. Not because I'm wanting my prediction to come true. To show my prophetic nature. But, you know, I've been saying for a long time that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a real, has the tools to be an elite level quarterback. Because I watched every snap that he played in college, and his he was unbelievable. I realized he had a superior cast around him than most opponents he was playing. But when the Colts beat Jackson, you know, I don't know if you saw the statistic that uh, Trevor Lawrence won his first NFL road game in start number 10, which is like the second longest drought for a quarterback to win their first road game as starter that was drafted number one overall. Peyton Manning was the only other one. Did we see before our eyes last week that that Trevor Lawrence has turned a corner in terms of the confidence and that it's coming together for him, or did we not know that yet?
1: I think it's a huge step in the confidence direction. Huge step. Um, Jake, I remember we did an exercise back in the offseason. What teams are undoubtedly worse than the Colts in the AFC? And I think on that list, at least me personally, I put down three teams. I put down the Jets. I put down the Texans, and I put down the Jags. I also threw the caveat to you of if you look at those three teams, all three are led by rookie quarterbacks going in their second years. And what if any of those three do what Joe Burrow did in year two? Right. Do what Peyton Manning did in year two. Obviously, Zach Wilson's been hurt. Davis Mills continues to look like a QB that's telling Houston you should probably go draft one next offseason. But how about Trevor Lawrence so far? And again, credits to Doug Peterson, credits to Jacksonville for supporting him. Um, they've got a huge one this week with Philly, undefeated Philly, uh, coming up on Sunday. You know, if you're going to pick an AFC South favorite right now, would you go Indy? Would you go Jacksonville? Do you know the only winless team in the NFL? Oh, Kevin, got,
4: Kevin's Super Bowl pick? You got two of them, right? I thought there was only one. No, was there's there? one. Raiders and Texans, correct. Oh, I guess you're right. But Texans at least have a tie. I, yeah. They're the only 0 3 team. Yeah. You want to change your Super Bowl pick, by the way? You Raiders. Feel, I know you're on paternity leave, so maybe you're, yeah, you're you are not thinking know, I, clearly I, there. I, I was trying to think outside the box.
1: Uh, and clearly, Well, you did that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, I, I I think I covered that. Uh, yeah, the Raiders. 11 points combined. Well, didn't you have losses. the Vikings
4: also? No, you had the uh, Raiders beating the Packers. No, I, okay. I, I had the
1: Packers. Hey, yeah, what's had the, the
4: Vikings? The Packers
0: seem kind of lackluster, too. I know they won, but... Hey, two and one right the now. The Australians, by the way, who are on their way here right now, uh, went, they were in Tampa yesterday. They went to the Bucks-Packers game. Wow. And uh, the only two comments that I got from Michael, my Australian buddy in Melbourne, about the game itself, uh, the first was, it's blistering hot. That was the first. Uh, the second was, these Packer fans around us are very loud and don't appear to be getting any more quiet. And then the sounds third right. the third was women at NFL games are feral. That's like an Australian term. I'm not familiar with that. Well, feral feral cats, I know. Mm-hmm. So um but but so that sounds very derogatory, but in Australian terms, it just simply means like Is
1: that what Chris Jones said to Matt right? Wild
0: Ryan? and crazy. Woo! That's right. That's what it means. That's what Chris Jones right Called him Feral.
1: Uh the Colts win twenty to seventeen. Their first win in the month of September in two years. We're hoping for Jeff Saturday around nine thirty. We're, we're battling aviation today. Yes, Mark, he's on a
4: flight at the moment.
1: Battling a little, little aviation with Jeff Saturday, but hope to have him. Hoping to have Jelani Woods on later in the week. Hey, shout out to Jelani Woods' dad. Great. Do you think he's Woods, listening in the YouTube chat? We
0: um, need to get his dad. If his dad is listening, his dad needs to call in. Of, like, absolutely. And I'm going to call for this, like,
1: every 20 minutes. Because his dad, we believe, listens to the show, right? He Unless we got Manti Teo'd. His dad was commenting in the YouTube chat saying, yes, I am Jelani Woods' father. Pretty cool for Jelani Woods. Grew up right. in Atlanta. Grew up literally mimicking Matt Ryan in the backyard. Throwing to Tony Gonzalez. Because remember, Jelani Woods was a quarterback first right. in college. Um, and then that moment. For him yesterday again there are certainly questions Um, it's not like the Colts dominated by any means for 60 minutes but the result you just desperately needed it and you took the gifts and you cashed them in and if those young pass catchers if Pearson Woods who have so much pressure on them right now if they can build off that uh, that's where I think you point to something from yesterday and say all right uh, maybe you are able to turn this around after such a disappointing start to the season
0: Good-looking Monday on a Colts victory Monday here in the Circle City. Jake Quarry along with Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton here as well. Kevin, I'm going to tee you up with a question that was sent to me via text before we get to phone calls from people reacting to yesterday's big win over Kansas City. Uh, Neil asks, all right, I'm going to go ahead and just lead this off right now. Where was Quentin Nelson and
1: what happened to him? Uh, By the way, Matty Bowen thrilled at the Mark Dykton reentry right there of Rihanna, who will be the halftime show at this year's Super Bowl. Um, She was very happy to hear that news yesterday. Uh, Where was Quint Nelson? Jake, the interior of the offensive line continues to be a liability, particularly in short yardage. I I don't know how much I honestly put on Nelson himself. I mean, certainly you would hope that you could run behind him and get a half yard, but the issues from Danny Pinter to Brayden Smith to Ryan Kelly and just the overall amount of free rushers. Like, how many times does the ball snap and within two seconds there's a red jersey in front of Matt Ryan? And I don't think that is squarely on the offensive line. Frank Wright gives full autonomy at the line of scrimmage to his quarterback. That is a, and that's where I'm sitting in the press box thinking, that's a 15-year vet at QB. That's a seven-year vet at center. And they are allowing free rushers like none other. So whether you're not accounting for them properly or you're not finding the hot read properly, it got to a point late in that game, Jake, where I'm I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, Matt Ryan's going to get killed one of these games. Yeah. And am I... Like, hurt. Like, I I mean, Matt Ryan, like Nick Foles, we're going to see Nick Foles play
0: quarterback for the Colts this season. Am I being too critical if I say that Matt Ryan, who uh, undoubtedly, uh, kudos to Matt Ryan, I think he was the big reason why, you know, down the stretch, listen, the penalty on Chris Jones helped, obviously, but when it came down to it, Matt Ryan was able to, to lift them up, I think. There was poise. Poise is a good word to say, But is there becoming a trend or a concern over his, uh, at times, inability to hold on to the football?
1: There's like a general awareness that I'm kind of like, wait, isn't this why they got you? Right. Like, you're supposed to make all the smart plays. And there's a little bit of that that's uneasy. 12 sacks against Matt Ryan through three games. That means if you kind of multiply that out to 16 games, that would be 64 sacks against Matt Ryan, the career high for him in his NFL career. 48. Offensive uh, line a
0: definite worry. 239-1070 the telephone number. Who are we leading off with,
3: Mark?
4: Let's go with Vince. Vince, good morning.
3: What's up, Vince? Hey, good morning, guys. Regular listener. Uh the sun's going to come up, beautiful sunrise today, whistling on the way to work. We got a cold twin yesterday. So all is good. Uh just a couple points Um, You know, uh, listen to Romo and Jim Nance called the game yesterday, which is always, you know, it's always pretty cool. Uh, And Tony Romo, while he's probably not the most expert person in the world, just made some very good points yesterday. And a lot of it, a lot of the issues, and he even diagrammed a couple of them. um, He feels like it's just a miscommunication still uh, between, like you guys just said, between Matt Ryan and Matt Kelly. In, in calling out the reads at the line of scrimmage, and that that's just going to take, he said, it's going to take, you know, three or four more games uh, before they square that away. He said, Matt Ryan's a very, very smart guy, but um, he's coming, you know, there's different terminology that he's coming from, and it's, a, it's kind of a, a new system for him. And uh, he kind of laid that squarely uh, just on the, the calls at the line of scrimmage, uh, the times that, that Matty got just nailed yesterday. Um, I I will say one more thing, too. Kevin, I agree with you totally. You give a game ball to the defense. Um, It wasn't flashy. Uh, Not a whole lot of quarterback hits. I think we got one sack. but um, They just hung
1: in there, Vince. Yeah, you look up,
3: and and Kansas City scores three points in the second half, and it was just solid all the way through. Uh, So I'll hang up and let you guys talk.
0: Appreciate it, Vince. Here's the thing I would say, and and look – I want to make very clear here for people. I'm almost apologetic when I say this. I'd like to think that this now, that the Colts have a win under their belt with Matt Ryan, that this turns the page on everything being compared to Carson Wentz. It's unfair to Carson Wentz. It's unfair to you fans. It's you know it's probably unfair to us to have to always talk about it. However, for, for now, I'm going to contradict that by saying that Carson Wentz does provide a baseline in terms of from which to compare from a year ago. Uh, Wentz didn't necessarily even go through training camp last year because of the foot issues, and when he did come in, I don't recall if they were there. They may have been, but we we didn't really discuss it. Uh, there weren't necessarily signal or communication problems with him that we knew of or talked about, right?
1: Well, I think the concern too, Jake, it's kind of three-pronged with the O-line and protection right now. It's communication issues. There's just individual breakdowns. I mean, Danny Pinter got thrown out of the club yesterday. I mean, Frank Clark literally put him on his... You know what? Easter? Uh Yeah, that's a good political – if Chris Jones would have used that word, I think – That's right. You know, the Chiefs might have won that game. <laughs> um, and then you've got stunt issues, which we saw against Jacksonville. You know, Josh Allen on those stunts, you know, passing those guys off. Um, you know, do you move Matt Pryor over to right guard? And, you know, Dennis Kelly's the veteran. Does he come in at left tackle? Is Bernard Ryman ready after getting banged up? Do you want to shift multiple guys, you know, through your offensive line right now? It's not like I feel like you've played these vaunted – defensive lines either I think Jacksonville's got some guys but you know, it's not like you're playing you know a bunch of studs up front certainly Chris Jones falls into that category but you know, I don't Kansas City's kind of an aging group outside of him uh, but to the defense these are kind of some wild stats and Jake I, I know you, you're not the biggest stat guy but how about this Mahomes and the Chiefs are 28 and 0 when the opponent gets less than 340 yards of total offense, they're 0 and 2 in those games against the Colts. Doesn't it feel
0: like, and, and I'm sure there are numbers that would say otherwise, doesn't it feel like if you were a Chiefs fan, the Colts are the franchise that you feel like you just can't—yes, can't get through them.
1: 45 and 0 when teams score 26 or fewer points against them with Mahomes at QB. The Colts beat them in 2019 with 19 points. They beat them yesterday with 20 points. And again, you, you didn't get the Taylor part of the blueprint to the level that I thought you needed to, but yet your defense was absolutely outstanding. Uh, Mark, where should we go next?
4: Let's go to, uh, Jim,
1: Jim. Good Monday morning to you. Good morning. Uh, good Colts win. I just,
3: I got a couple takes. Uh, first off, uh, jack doyle we don't have a tight end that can block and that's a huge mess right there um but um, when we went into the spread everything opened up a little bit and it's just because we don't have enough blockers they thought we were going going into this season they thought we were going to be a power running team we're gonna have to spread it out we're they're putting eight guys in the box and and they're daring us to run because they know we don't have enough blockers. And that's all I got. Thanks, guys.
0: Listen, the part about Doyle in terms of needing a blocking tight end, there's no question about it, right? I mean we've he looked good on the jumbotron yesterday, Doyle. Uh Shaquille Leonard very active on the Jumbotron.
1: Very active. Very active there. Um you know, not only did you lose Doyle, but Jake, how many times was Michael Pittman just blown up on a screen and you've lost one of your better blocking wideouts? First off, Pittman is one of your better blocking wideouts. Obviously, he can't block when you're throwing a screen to him. But I think the loss of Zach Pascal is felt too when you're talking about, um, you know, guys blocking on the perimeter. Hey, listen,
0: we've been really critical of Chris Ballard. I have in particular um, about. Whiteouts. I don't know necessarily that you can say that they have a wide room just yet but they do have at least yesterday they had options for Matt
1: Ryan. Jalati Woods was huge. How about Pierce How about Alex Pierce? How about Pierce just in general, right? I mean So that first catch he made down the Chiefs sideline, just kind of that jump ball to him, that is what you saw at Cincinnati. I mean Notre Dame and Indiana fans they saw that firsthand last year when Cincinnati won in both of those um, you know, visiting stadiums. Um, That is what we saw out of Pierce at training camp, is one-on-one situations, you throw him a ball, you give him a chance to go up and get it, and he can make that play. I thought that would be kind of his rookie weapon. We would see that, you know, once every couple games, something like that. You know, to me, he needs two of those balls every game. Because right now, a guy that Jake, I don't need to see too much of, or I think he's playing too much, is Paris Campbell. Boy, at this point, is he still on the roster? He's playing too much, and whether he's not getting open or he's not being utilized enough, whatever it is, I think right now I'd like to see Pierce and Doolin get a few more targets than Campbell. The ship has sailed on Campbell now, right? I mean, can't we say that? I mean, I tweeted out the snap counts earlier. He had to have played a ton. He played... 58 snaps, Jake. So 67 for Pittman, 58 for Campbell, 32 Pierce, 18 Doolin. Yeah, P- uh, strong Mike Straughn only had six. Bump up Pierce, bump up Doolin, bump up Strawn, and limit Campbell. Two targets. I mean, did granted, he, he caught him, but two targets for 10 yards, you know, for, for your stretch receiver, right? Did they both come on that last drive? They kind of felt like they did. Matt, Ryan, Jake, 8 of 10 on that final drive. All right, how about...
0: Did we mention, as you were talking about guys that, you know, and this is a guy that I think you've been high on, but made a couple of nice catches yesterday. Not not necessarily, I wouldn't say, like, statistically jumps out at you and, and bites you, but I thought Granson had a couple of nice plays.
1: Yeah, there were a couple of uh, just kind of like he needed to get to the sticks and just move, keep that drive alive. Correct. He did that. Good balls by Matt Ryan. I thought um, to move those sticks – do you think the muff to start the game, do you think that was window roof related or was that a rookie feeling Ashton Doolin and a lefty punter causing some havoc?
0: Boy, that's a good question. Um,
1: I don't think I saw the glare on that play as much as every year when the Colts play a September home game and the roof is open, I'm like, God, the glare.
0: You know, what's funny is I went down to the end zone section 152 to say hi to some folks and you know, it's no different than just being anywhere where I get, I don't know what it is about like the direction of the sun, but I mean, it, it is blinding. I get, and I know that people like fans are so soft when they complain about the roof being open in that section of 152. But I'm like, dude, it is brutal, man. I'm like, you can't see anything. And I'm like, well, how, why is that? It's it's almost like the way the, the stadium is built it funnels all the light into, like, one eight-row section.
4: <laughs> I feel like I'm in section 152 every once in a while when the sun just beams right into the That's this exactly what it's like. Window. That's what it's like.
1: And it just it lingers, I feel like, too. And, you know, when he coughed that up, that was in that direction. Hell, the Kansas City kicker be- missed both the kicks in that direction. What, yeah. what was up with that fake field goal?
0: That was, what was weird. What was up with their – yeah, the fake field goal was terrible, right?
1: I mean, just have Mahomes go for it.
0: I don't want to see anybody try – to usurp the greatest play in the history of the NFL of the fake punt under Chuck Pagano. That, it'll always stay. That is your creme de la Mm creme, Mount Rushmore, Washington Monument, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, do not even try to unseat that as the greatest
1: play in the history of the NFL. Now, what about the Miami punter? Did he try to do that yesterday with the butt punt? What's
4: that? The butt punt. (laughs) The lineman needs a proctologist appointment this morning. (laughs) Hold on. Did you not see that?
1: I know we had a butt fumble years ago with Mark Sanchez. Well, Mark
4: Sanchez was on Twitter
1: yesterday thanking the Miami Dolphins for that. The undefeated Miami Dolphins, by the way. How about that, man? Hey, I was dead. I'm dead wrong on the Super Bowl pick, but a couple locks from from Friday. Miami covering and Jacksonville covering. Um, yeah, literally, Jake backed up in the end zone, and you know, you know the, the personal protector guy. He just punted it right up as you know what. um, did you see at the end of the Miami-Buffalo game the Ken Dorsey
0: tantrum for Buffalo, the offensive coordinator?
1: I did. I didn't know Ken Dorsey had that in him.
0: People jumped all over me for this, but I'm going to stand by it. And I get it. It's the end of the game, you're emotional, whatever. I'm telling you. Like, when you when I saw that, and this is how maybe I just know I'm old, but when I saw the video of Ken Dorsey slamming his iPad and slamming his papers, and I mean... It, the instantaneous combustion of his emotion in that moment, I thought two things. Number one, I thought if I was somebody who was looking at him as a coaching candidacy, like at a head coaching job or something like that, I would think to myself like, whoa, like in the moment of intense pressure, like that's his reaction? And I know people were like, dude, you just don't know how to compete. Okay, whatever. Number two, and I know that this is me way overthinking it. I get it. Guilty as charged. But when I watch something like that, and I think if that's the way that he handles his emotions or he handles his frustrations when the cameras are on him, what's he like when he goes home? I can't be the only one that thought that. Because it was a little absurd.
1: Did anybody say anything about Tom Brady breaking two tablets last week on the sidelines? I get it. Seen Aaron Rodgers throw a few in his day.
0: I I get it. But, like, that's... I think it, it does feel different because... It was hilarious, frankly. I mean, Rodgers and, Rogers and and Brady, those are moments where they're, like, they're mad at themselves. I don't know. It just I'm just thinking to myself, like, dude, you are being entrusted to make critical decisions in the heat of the moment. And I know that that was once the game ended. But seeing that display of combustible emotion would make me, if I was thinking about hiring somebody in a coaching situation, think, I don't know, man do his emotions get the best of him when it when it matters most. You think there's any most? owner
1: or GM out there that says, "I love that fire." It's helped them get to the level of being the quarterback on arguably the greatest college football team ever. It's helped them get to the level of being an OC on arguably the best team in the league right now. There's some fire in there that I want.
0: Uh probably. I think there are also some that would that that would give them pause, quite frankly to be honest with you what but,
1: uh what led to that like what what was the play well I, I, it was the end I, I, of the, the game logic.
0: buffalo buffalo was was moving down the field trying to win the game and they ran they ran out of clock time got it they didn't they were supposed to do whatever to to get a, a last play in and they ran out of time
4: josh allen got like under pressure and he threw it and they tried to get to the sidelines and just couldn't right. gotcha. here's ken dorsey by the way talking about that afterwards
3: <laughs> yeah well i'm not uh, uh i'd like to think i'm not
1: too much of a psychopath so there you go I, for a second, I thought that was real. That
4: is real. That is real. That is
1: his audio? Yeah. Yes. They made him available after the game? No,
4: that was that no, was, that was before. a couple, couple days before.
1: <laughs> oh. um, Mark, I'm shocked. You know, 751, you haven't played the Mr. Gilmore audio. I mean, How about that pass deflection? That was nice. Didn't it almost feel like at that point, if Kansas City completes that ball... Did anyone else have the feeling like that kicker's going to make it from 55? He, he's missed all the short ones. He's about to get cut. I kept if, waiting uh, for them to trot out Justin Reed. This is what sums up Kansas City yesterday. All the gifts, all the mistakes, their head coach literally got asked in the post-game press conference if he ever thought about taking his starting safety and putting him a place kicker. Dead serious. That's how bad it was for their kicking situation.
3: This one for Mr. Gilmore.
1: <laughs> God, yeah, I don't like. Now, guess. after yesterday though,
0: he's got to know Alec Pierce's first name, doesn't he? He does. I don't know if he <laughs> poor, poor <Alex> Pierce.
1: <laughs> he earned his dessert yesterday, God, that right? That was such a great catch by Pierce the first one. And and the second one on the final drive, that is more of the Pierce that I think some people were curious about at the NFL level. You know, him high-pointing the ball on the Kansas City sideline, making that highlight play, that's what he did in college. It's it's kind of the normal whiteout stuff that you're like, can Pierce do that? And he had that comeback there on a second and seven, and it was a beautiful pitch and catch, and it was a big play. If you don't complete that, it's a third down. You're still outside the red zone. The clock's under a minute. Now, I did just receive a
0: text here of the butt punt itself, Kevin. Yeah. So this is my first time viewing it from Jake Lewis, who hopes that I'll talk about it on the air. Let's see here. And you know who the punter is,
1: Jake. Uh, is it um, Reggie Roby still in Miami? Is he still there? It, it's the uh, it's the onside kick guy from the Super Bowl, Cold Super Bowl, Cold Saints. The punter is
0: oh this it's the Saints onside kicker. Mm-hmm. Thomas. I thought Wormstead. you meant Hank Baskett. <laughs>
1: well, no. <laughs> right? You don't want to mention that name around yeah, here. You do not do not want to mention that. Uh, Kurt, want to talk about the offensive line, Mark? Yeah. What's up, Kurt? Not much. How are you guys? Doing great. How are you?
2: I am great. Hey, um, you know, I I was just thinking about this offensive line and, you know, some of the challenges we've had. And I did call you guys back in February or March when we did not re-sign Chris Reed, and I thought that was a big miss because we were just creating another hole that they were going to have to fill in the draft. And, um, you know, although I guess to contradict myself, if they had signed him, you know, that would take them from, what, the highest paid offensive line to another level, I guess. But anyway, just really, really disappointing. I don't know if they uh, need to bring back uh, Dave Guglielmo, like some people have said, but uh, he's he's there at Boston College. Maybe maybe give him a call. It just seems like they need someone who will uh, hold him accountable and maybe rip into him a little bit. I don't know what the problem is.
1: You know, the, uh, one thing to note about Chris Reed, he signed with Minnesota in the offseason. Jake, I think he went to, like, Minnesota State. Or one of those schools. Again, I think we get caught up in free agency so many times. Of Is like, that
0: the school in Coach? Remember the show Coach? Wasn't that Minnesota
1: State? Boy, I, it's just right over my head with that one. I remember that show. Um, I think there's times in free agency where a guy wants to go back to his home. Go And he start. I believe he's starting for the Vikings right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but to Kurt's point, they literally just handed the starting jobs to Danny Pinter and really to Matt Pryor as well. There was no... Real competition. Mark Lewinsky with the Giants, Chris Reed with the Vikings. Uh, that to me I think is a little bit more of a question on the offensive line is um, they just really handed those starting jobs to those guys and they were incredibly unproven. Again, Danny Pinter's never played guard in his life until entering the season, and Matt Pryor, compared to ninety nine percent of the left tackles in the league, has barely played over there. Uh, Minnesota State is in fact the
0: the school where they coached in the and the T V show coach. Chris Reed was like a um, Did you not watch Coach? That seems like it would have been right in your wheelhouse. No. Did I? I mean, you would have been like in middle school. And uh, it's a, it was on
4: from 1989 to 1997. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that
0: would have been. Eight to ten years I mean, your old. elementary school years. But, I mean, it was a sitcom about a I was fictional watching football Recess. coach. But, like, in 1996 when you were 13 years old, like a TV show about a football coach. In I, 96, I was
1: seven years old. I thought you were born in 83. Eighty-nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind
4: then. <laughs> We've been doing this show for how long, Mark? Oh, almost a year. Wait till you Feels turn. Like 10. Wait till you turn
0: fifty. You guys are all youngins. Right?
4: Last two seasons, he coached a fictional National Football League team called the Orlando Breakers. That's a weak name.
0: Orlando Breakers was the name supposed to be the name of a USFL team,
4: right? Well, they stole it from Coach then.
0: The Boston so, Breakers moved. to – Actually, they were Orlando for a year, and then they were supposed to move to Portland, and then the, the league folded.
1: So undefeated teams back in 83 when Kevin was born. <laughs> <laughs> undefeated teams through three weeks. Dolphins, Eagles, and we'll see if the Giants can continue that tonight. Who would have guessed it? Now, what would you have gotten for that trifecta? Right. How about the over-under on Giants-Cowboys tonight? Boy. I'm gonna. Can I guess what it is? Sure.
0: 35 and a half. Cooper Rush and Daniel Jones. 35 and a half. 39 and a half take the under which in NFL standards that is like what happened with Iowa did you see Iowa and Rutgers had like the lowest over under in quite some time and I saw Iowa had a pick six let me see what the final was there hold on I got it somewhere don't
1: you have to just take the over tonight and just cheer for points yeah pretty much we've had this methodology before and I feel like it's worked Uh, now You know, come from someone that, again, picked the Raiders to go to the Super Bowl. So, take that for what it's worth. I think the over-under in
0: Iowa Rutgers was 36, and the final score was 27-10.
4: Vegas. (laughs) Unbelievable.
0: It feels to me like Jacksonville and Tennessee. If you look at the division, I think we know now that Houston's in, you know, rebuild mode. Would you agree with this? Jacksonville and Tennessee are two franchises whose trajectories right now look totally different.
1: Sure. Without question. Without question. And again, when we're talking about the AFC South this year, you know, last week I guess I was like first one to eight. Maybe after yesterday's results, it's like it's still like first one to nine wins. And I think Jacksonville can be there. You know, to your point earlier, Jake, they don't look like a twelve-win team in my mind. I mean, they still struggled big time with Washington week week one. I think they benefited yesterday. It was very impressive what they did yesterday. They benefited, I think, from a hobble Justin Herbert.
0: Sure, but that doesn't but. Justin Herbert doesn't affect them scoring 38 points. Sure,
1: sure. Um, I do think you look towards Sunday. The fact that the Colts have already missed two chances for AFC South wins just adds to the importance of Sunday. I said it to John when I went on with JMV yesterday morning. I said to him, as much as this game is massive, because, again, you're in the here and now and you're in the present, it's next Sunday it's more important. I mean, Tennessee, it's a divisional game. Right. You haven't played them yet. You've already squandered two divisional opportunities. That's the bigger one. Uh, Joining us now on the Payless
0: Ziggers guest line, as he does each and every Monday, he is the wild traveling man, Jeff Saturday. And Jeff, uh, listen, it's a Colts victory Monday, which always puts a little spring in the step for people here in Indianapolis. And I mean no disrespect to the Colts, but I want to ask you this as a guy that knows your way around the NFL. Was that game yesterday as much about the Colts winning it or Kansas City losing it? Oh, you can't rain on my parade this morning, bro.
2: I ain't looking at, I ain't looking, I'm not looking at any win in a negative way. We'll take them however we can get them. Uh, did, did the Chiefs, uh, did they hurt themselves for sure? But, but we took full advantage of it, and uh, I think that's what you have to do in the NFL, man. It's hard to win. And, and again, it wasn't the prettiest game. Um, it wasn't like you looked at it and go, man, the Colts just played super clean. The Chiefs did as well, and we just outperformed uh, a team at their best. But, Look, man, you have off days, and and the Chiefs did, and uh, the Colts, when they they had to make plays, made them. And I think those are the things you build on. You know, you can't um you know you can't look at gift horse in the mouth bro when it when it when it presents itself take advantage of it and that's what they did
1: Jeff I think a unit that deserves the entire unit deserves a game ball would be the defense I I just felt like they hung in there hung in there you know bend but don't break has such a negative connotation I feel like to fans but they did that they forced field goals and I thought that was the difference keeping it at a one score game because your offense had struggles certainly um, but I, I felt like for how poorly the defense played the week prior, Gus Bradley had yeah. some issues last year against Mahomes. I thought rush and cover, you know, the run defense, everybody, great work by that unit.
2: I fully agree. Look, I, I think when you look at their uh, – the second half in particular, I, I thought they played lights out, man. I mean, look, you, you – uh, they, they harassed Mahomes uh, frequently. He was never comfortable – um, I, I know, Kel, you know Kelsey drops one in the end zone. But but other than that, um, just kind of glaring error. I mean, they, they made them, like you said, to earn it. And then uh, Kansas City obviously helped them with some of the uh, some of the plays they made. But man, that defense, um, for, for, for as rough as they had a go of it last week, to your point, against a, an, an incredible uh, quarterback and really offensive system, uh, I thought they did. I thought they met the challenge. And you're 100% right. Give them the game ball because they kept you in it. And, and when, when you felt like our offense wasn't going to get it done, uh, they kept you right in there, man. So so good fight by those guys. And I know they got to be proud of that effort.
0: Jeff, we talked about this earlier. Jeff Saturday is our guest. The emergence yesterday one game does not a season make. I say that a lot. But the emergence of Jelani Woods yesterday is that relegating further down now. I, you know, I think the Colts had been waiting for Moale Cox to show that he can be a reliable. Uh, in particular, red zone receiver for Matt Ryan last year for Carson Wentz. Did they now all of a sudden find that extra $10 bill in their pocket doing the wash? And that now pushes Moali Cox a little further back on that timeline?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, listen, when, whenever you, you know, wh- whenever you feel like in the red zone that you, you yeah. have an advantage by, by physical size or just. You know, sheer speed, whatever whatever it is, athletically or genetically that you have, that you want to take advantage of it. And I feel like that's what they found yesterday. And 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 here's the deal: like usually in the red zone, and I say this usually because some teams, you know, go up. But but the but the rule, not the exception, is it's players, not plays, down in the red zone. Right? Is that you start going? Okay, who are the players that I'm going to feature, and how can I get them the ball? So when you find guys like that, that, that's, um, you know, between the twenties, maybe he's not the guy you're going to consistently depend on, but man, when you get down that red zone, you start circling going, Hey, matchups going to be tough for these guys. I think that's what they found. Ryan found it early. Uh, and then obviously the last play, but, but, uh, big-time performance for him. And I, I think it was Frank or somebody in the locker room at the end was like, welcome to the NFL or something. So I know I know everybody was uh, was fired up for him. But I, I do – I think it's players, not plays down there. And he, he performed uh, uh, at a high level yesterday down there.
1: Jeff, Saturday's with us. No one better to ask about the offensive line than Jeff. A lot of free rushers yesterday. Matt Ryan has been sacked 12 times in the first three weeks of the season um it just seems to be like a little bit of miscommunication obviously individual breakdowns as well but i wanted to get your thoughts in your history jeff who handles stuff at the line of scrimmage when it comes from a pass protection standpoint is it a collaboration center quarterback is it the quarterback has the final say is it the center has the final say how does that typically work on game days
2: well, when uh, you know when I was there, it was you know I would always set it, and then if there needed to be a change, uh, you know eighteen would make the change. So if he saw something or felt something was going to be different, uh, but we we would do all that stuff through the week. Honestly, I mean we spent hours and hours, uh, you know, blitz breakdowns, blitz tapes, uh, him going back and asking me, okay, on that play, what would you have called, just so he had an idea. Of, of, you know, where my mind was. And he would say, okay, I, I like that. But, you know, be aware, just in case of this, uh, you know, I may, I may slide you one linebacker weak or one linebacker strong, kind of whatever that looks like. And so we had a, a ton of communication. It's hard with a new quarterback. But, but, and also, we haven't played good. I mean, we haven't played good up front. I mean, you know, we've, we played okay. We played okay uh, week one. I thought we played pretty good. Uh, last week, obviously not. And again, and, and it's not just one guy. I mean, this is this is everybody taking turns, and and that's a good group. I mean, they, they were physical up front. They had a good plan. Uh, Spagnola, their their defensive coordinator, has as always had a reputation of of bringing heat and and uh, and putting a lot of pressure on you. And so it, it's not just the O line. You know, some of it does fall on the quarterback. Some of it falls on you know tight ends. Just. There's a number of different things as I watch it, um, and they just got to find their groove because it wasn't it wasn't pretty. And uh, but again, you, you, you get a win, you go back and work on it a much better attitude than than had you been you know going oh oh two and one for sure.
0: Jeff Saturday, you played in the league. You know football. You know more about football than the three of us combined, right? We know this. So my question for you is: When you are watching the Colts, give me the player that is performing right now for Indianapolis, that a football guy recognizes their contribution that the average fan in the stands may not?
2: Ooh, man, that's a great question. Probably Gilmore, I would tell you, is um, what he's done on the back end of that for that defense. I mean, even the play yesterday um, at the end of the game, the tip, I know the pick uh, doesn't go to him, but um, he is... Uh, he, he is a defining factor in the back end of that end zone and again from a team i mean i know we got some pressure yesterday that we have not gotten really pressure back there uh, he had a heck of a day man and, and he's one of those guys that um, when you think about how you build a defense and what you need his his skill set is is spectacular and so uh, i thought what he did yesterday again the tip at the end to win it but um, he's a guy that you can help you know, that you can build again and as you're waiting on, you know, Shaquille Leonard to get back as you're waiting on some of your pieces and parts uh, to, to to find their form. Uh, he, he gives you a great comfort on that back end, so that so that's where I would head if I said if there's one guy that's really you know that you'd circle and say, hey, he's he's a I just say he's a dude, right? Like like that, it sounds silly, but whenever I look at Phil, gonna, he's a dude, right? Like this is a guy that you know it's an it's an all day affair. Uh, Gilmore is the guy right now.
0: There, you know, I'm always hesitant, Jeff. To make any sort of definitive statements after three weeks in the NFL. I mean, both of us have seen right. enough in this league to know that, right? However, yesterday, late in the day, I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe the Colts lost to Jacksonville is not a look, they were terrible in that game and they got shut out and it's inexcusable. But is it possible after we saw yesterday that Jacksonville, you know, putting up thirty-eight on the Chargers, who I think a lot of in the Chargers, has Jacksonville arrived yet do we know that do we do we have enough body of work to say that jacksonville is here now
2: oh they're they're, they're much better than people thought i can i can assure you of that i mean even even as we were discussing uh pre-season predictions um some of us were thinking man th- this team could push for the afc south right but but everybody was a bit hesitant on the development of trevor lawrence right is it and it sounds crazy being the first pick and all the talent but you just saw some things last year that kind of had you a little bit concerned. Um, and, and then obviously everybody expected, you know, Tennessee and Indy to be a little bit better than, than they have shown the first couple of weeks, but you're a hundred percent, right? Like, look, this team has drafted extremely high for a number of years. They got good players, right? Like, like, like I think people, people have this idea that, Oh, because they have struggled, I mean, they drafted up in that top for, for a minute. So when you look over on their, on their depth chart, you go, wow first-round, first-round, first, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys. And defensive front-wise, that's the best group I think. that the, I know that the Colts have played and, and probably will play uh, for the majority of the season. They can get after you. And so when they play stingy defense and then the way that Lawrence uh, and Doug Peterson, that that kind of marriage has, has, has started, uh, they're scary, man. They're scary. And Kirk, which, again – a lot of people laughed at about him being this high-paid receiver, the first one to kind of go to Jacksonville. Uh, that, that thing has been good. They're running it. They're physical. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're a team definitely to be reckoned with.
1: Jeff, last one from me, um, going back to the Colts game, uh, probably a game ball needs to be sent to the visiting locker room to Chris Jones for that unsportsmanlike penalty oh, with yeah, five minutes yeah. to go in the game. And from all accounts, it was a verbal unsportsmanlike penalty. Have you seen I, – I can't recall many, if never. any, unsportsmanlike never. verbal.
2: Never, bro. I, I, first of all, never. And, and I mean, and I think they asked Matt about it. He said he didn't even know what he said. Like, I – I don't get it. I, I honestly, I and mean, look, I, I know it helped us. I'm all for it, right? Like, give us a win or help us win whatever you want. But I, 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 do, I am not a fan of those things, right? Like, this wasn't a blatant whatever. Guys get caught up emotionally and say all kinds of things. Sometimes, half the time, they're talking to themselves. They're like mentally pumping themselves I don't know what he said. Um, but to get a 15 yard point to, to extend a drive after a sack, uh, not, not really sure. Not really sure what the dude heard or what was said, but um, yeah, that that one. To your point, hadn't seen that in my life, and and a, a bit disappointed again. I, I look, we're not. It ain't, it ain't it ain't choir boys in the NFL, right? There's a lot of things that get said at the line of scrimmage after plays. Uh, so he must have either said something crazy, or the or the ref was having a bad day and just decided to make the call. Cause I don't get it.
0: You know, Mondays are always better after a win, and Mondays are always better when you can pretend it's Saturday and still the weekend. So having Saturdays on Mondays is always fun. Jeff, I know it's been a hectic travel day, so we appreciate the time this morning.
2: Appreciate it, fellas. Y'all have a great day. Hey, stop raining on everybody's parade, Jake. Get happy, man, all the way. <laughs> sorry. Sorry.
0: <laughs> appreciate it, Jeff. Jeff, Saturday on the Payless Less Liquors guest line.